Hello and welcome to Hello Gamer the Podcast. I'm your host, Abdullah, and with me today is, introduce yourself, good sir. Uh, my name is Brian Olvera, and I'm a voice actor from Dallas. All right. <laughs> He's, you might know him from... Um, One Piece, Dragon Ball Super, Borderlands 3, the list can go on. Well, you know, those are, glad you listed those because those are the ones I, you know, I I noticed on your IMDb. I think that's like what you're known for. Apparently that's now a thing. Apparently on IMDb pages, it's like, well, you know, you don't have to scroll through an entire actor's credits. You can just see like known for blah, Mm. blah, blah. Okay, so they they streamlined it a bit. Yeah, everything's got to be simple nowadays because uh, people don't like to scroll through stuff. Apparently, well, with how much they charge for an IMDb Pro account, they better. Oh god, those are just like I don't I don't I don't know what what like what is the appeal of that? Like I don't understand. It's it's a portfolio thing. Um, it, it's also kind of frustrating because I did not make that IMDb account. A friend did, and I had no headshots at the time. And they chose some of those pictures, and I'm just like, really, really? It, okay, you know what? Whatever. I was like, I was young. I was early in my career at the time, but now it's like, this is literally my likeness, and I can't edit that unless I have an account. Okay, I see how it is. IMDb. Because I'm wondering, like, because I know, you know, a lot of people on there, like, well, obviously, I don't think anyone I've ever talked to on here has, um, you know, has access to what they what people put on IMDb, because I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. it's pretty sure someone made that like, I'm pretty sure like someone was like, hey, you know, this person's, you know, this person's a quote unquote, actor, let's just make a profile. And it just because some of it's like a wiki. Yeah, yeah, because some of the pictures they use for some of the actors is kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of yeah, and the actor usually isn't aware of that, and they in like IMDb Pro is not cheap, and I'm like, you are really gonna make me pay that much money? Okay, like again, I could I could go on and on about that. No, I I love the ones that like you read the bio and it feels like it's it's straight up an advertisement for the person's career, and I'm like, this is. That I, can they do that? Like, can you like, you know, when you're reading someone's bio, like it shouldn't read as an advertisement if you're trying yeah. to. If it's like a wiki, shouldn't it be like a, you know, and a wiki that says, oh, you know, so and so is an actor known for blah blah blah. It shouldn't be like, born in, blah, blah. I don't know, I don't know, because <laughs> I read this, I read this one like advertisement where it's like. So and so has made their breakout career in blah blah blah, and now they can be heard on this new mm-hmm. hit show. It just it just sounded like an read like a really bad advertisement. I'm just wondering like who put that up on there? Did anyone care enough to to proofread that? I don't know. Honestly, from what I what I've heard, anyone with an IMDb Pro account can literally just like with Wikipedia, you can literally edit a lot of these entries. So it's, I'm just kind of sitting here like that needs to be regulated badly. Cause, um, you know, whenever I, cause I, I've said this like multiple times, but uh, if you're a new listener, well, hello, you know, this is like one of the, 
And the first things I ever say is like whenever I'm doing research on someone's work, I, I'm going by IMDb and I, t and I keep telling everyone if like if there is a wrong credit on there, please let me know because this is like the, you know, because I, yeah. I know any anyone can edit that. I, I know that I, I've gotten in trouble by, by crediting someone uh, mistakenly on this show before where, where it's like, wait a minute, so-and-so didn't do this. Where did you get your information from? And I'm like, IMDb. Well, that's wrong. I'm like, okay. You know, it would have been nice if, you know, someone, clar you know, corrected that, but they didn't mm -hmm. so i don't know like the more i think about it the more i'm just i'm i'm at that point where it's kind of i'm kind of creeped out by the fact that that you know you look that that um anyone can write anything about you online and there's like no 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 way to really verify it mhm mm yeah it, it, again it's it's weird but like so far, because I I've occasionally looked at this IMDb account that someone made of me, and like they're they do their homework. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, God, I wish I could change those photos. Those are old, old photos. Yeah, because I notice like um, IMDb like they do change like some, but like not a lot. Yeah, like it's if it's, I mean. I would like if I had an IMDb page, I would rather have like an old photo than on like a <laughs> one that's uh, like there's no or, or like the because a lot of cases it's just like a blank no photo and it's yeah kinda like uh, <laughs> you know I don't like that like yeah, espe the... especially when especially when it's an actor or actress who has a website with full of headshots and I'm like you could have used like any one of these headshots for for that oh movie. yeah. <laughs> Like I don't. Know. I mean, shoot! There are wikis that have um. There are wikis of actors that have better uh, info and and uh, uh, image galleries as well. I mean, even there, there's a wiki on me, and they actually chose a headshot that my buddy Tyler, who's a professional photographer, took of me at Kamehacon. I'm like, what? Come on, guys! It's right there. Oh yeah, was it? Was it the um, English voice actor anime? The, the wiki i think or was it some uh i th i think i think that's what it is like i i rarely type my name in on google because i don't it makes me feel like a narcissist and i hate it um yeah anime voiceover wiki yeah they chose better pictures and i'm like <laughs> come on guys <laughs> oh man no i mean and that, that's actually like i know i shouldn't like use you know fan wikis because again anyone can make up shit on there but you know, as far as like up to date lists go, you know, it's kind of, you know, up to date, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm actually really impressed with some of these wikis. I'm like, you know what, these guys do their homework. And, you know, I have to like tip my hat to them. It's like, hey, you did your homework and I'm grateful. Yeah, because like one of my problems with IMDb, like sometimes it lists, I think I mentioned this before, but like sometimes it just lists like additional voices and that could mean anything, but like you know, you go to to like a fan wiki sometimes, and it lists background character number three or four, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's that's helpful. That's more helpful. Oh yeah, like man, man number one, man number two, or something like that. Because I'm like, you know, I, I kind of need more specifics than just additional right. voices. 
Which, I mean, it is the blanket blanket term, which you're right. It could mean a variety of things. But like this wiki we were mentioning earlier, they actually took the time to put like, you know, Walla priests or Walla villagers, Walla, you know, Walla being the acronym for with all actors. And like they they go with more in depth than just additional voices. But that that's kind of the, the standard, especially in Hollywood, is they'll just put additional voices or, you know, uh, additional ADR or something like that. They don't, they don't really go into the nitty gritty specifics of it, but you know. Yeah. Because it, it kind of bothers me when, when, whenever like someone, whenever like one of my friends is in something and they're listed under additional voices, I'm like, God damn it. Now I got to try to find them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, what did you do in, in this game? I'm like, well, you know, because it's it says additional voices, but I'm kind of like curious because like additional voices could mean anything. Could mean mm-hmm. background characters, could be could could mean enemy NPCs. What? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And what was nice um, back then was when Funimation was still kind of doing paper, like for payouts and stuff for talent, um, when it got to the point uh, where something could be announced or whatever, when you get your pay stub, you would also get your call sheet. And a lot of the details was handwritten, you know, Walla soldiers, this soldier one, a, or, you know, tavern keeper two B. So like we had a, a physical paper trail of what we did, but now that everything is going digital, I think it's easier for a lot of these uh, wikis and like uh, info info sites to just easily access them and, and, you know, get their hands on that. Cause I know some, for some projects, they'll just put in like the description box for the episode. Here's the entire credit, like main cast, supporting cast, wallet cast. Here is everything. And that's kind of how they get that info like that and update our wikis to a scary level to an AI level yeah yeah man it just it just creeps me out how whenever a show drops on like you know whatever whatever streaming service you're watching your shows on mm-hmm. and i and i look it up on imdb and the credits are like there like on day one yeah I'm just like, immediately how, like how did they boom. get how did they get those yeah it just it just yeah, man like again technology just it's creepy how like <laughs> everyone like there's just no privacy anymore there's just like my god it's yes yeah. it's, it's so frightening being like because I, i've been thinking about this a lot recently but it it must be be so frightening to to be like a, an a, a i mean i wouldn't say celebrity but i mean like someone who has like I mean, in the public eye yeah and then the public eye in this day and age especially on the internet because it's like, oh yeah because uh, you know, you just read a lot of the stuff people say about you online, and I'm just like, how do you guys deal with that? Because I, I just I can't imagine like stressing well, about what people <laughs> think about me online. <laughs> well, like me personally, uh, I rarely read into that stuff because I I've been doing this for almost ten years, and I came to the conclusion that. I like I'm never going to please everyone. Someone is going to talk crap about me. And you know what? I'm not going to let them live in my head rent free. It's like, you know what? Whatever. At the end of the day, I got the job. The check didn't bounce. I got something from my resume and I move on. Um, 
which is kind of why like when you bring up that stuff and you see especially on twitter it's like jesus christ some of the stuff i've seen on on twitter i just shake my head because it, it's one of those weird things where it's like i'm kind of glad i'm not like super duper 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 famous like some of my other colleagues like i i love that i can i love that i can back when conventions were a thing i could walk in a crowd and not get stopped like i could still go to the artist alley buy some prints or some merch or whatever and not be like oh my god can i take a photo it's like i i i like that (laughs) i'm i'm savoring that because eventually you know one of these days because it happens to every actor one of these days they book that one thing that's just going to make them just explode in popularity. And, and then it's all over. <laughs> it's over. So I'm, I'm savoring my, my low grade status uh, while I can. And like, also, you know, especially when it comes to like my, my, my Twitter account, me, I just, I, sh- I shit post. I can swearing. All right. <laughs> or yeah sorry that that just that just popped out of my mouth no um, no 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 you can you can say whatever you want sir as long as yeah so, that, sorry I, like... I should have asked um because there's, no, as there's like... no other way to call it that yeah no 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 as long as like you don't get in trouble legally then you can say oh whatever the, gotcha whatever, whatever yeah. the fuck you want <laughs> right it, it's one of those things where it's like yeah on my personal twitter i'll just shit post or i'll share something or i'll give like a piece of advice i don't I don't do hot takes. I don't give my, I rarely, I'm, and I mean rarely give my opinion on something unless I'm comfortable enough with my background and my knowledge to, to say something like I used to, I actually used to work in game design. I used to prototype and I was, I used to do a, a QA testing for companies. So whenever a video game topic would come out and I would use very soft terminology, I'd be like, if, in my opinion, or if it was me, but I, I rarely just, you know, spit out these hot takes that like, like if I'm going to be perfectly frank, whenever I see people, uh, especially on certain industries, give these hot takes, I'm like, you know, if you spent less time giving hot takes, more time hustling for your career, you'd probably be doing a lot better than you are right now. No, because it's, it's so weird to me, like, and and I'm not, you know, it's it's hard to me to 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 even say this because everyone like nowadays assumes that if you say anything negative or or whatever, that you're probably talking about someone or being vague. No, I'm not being vague. I've seen a lot of people do what you what you what you've just said, which is like give out hot takes for for easy clicks and 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 likes and and retweets. And I'm like, yeah, like. When did this become okay? I don't know, because on one hand, I kind of get it. It's a way to play the system, you know, the social media system, because um, the the voiceover industry is a very complicated beast that people don't seem to understand sometimes, uh, especially people that are getting in. And like, this isn't me being facetious or mean or snarky about it. It's like, no, no, no. I, it's cool you want to get in on this stuff. Take a few steps back and look at this sharp, jagged mountain known as our industry. Because, you know, I see this a lot with young with younger people. Um, I mean, I just turned thirty uh, a couple weeks ago, and I I see like these these younger ta- uh, talent, and they always seem to, like the most common thing I see is you know they 
they want to be in like cartoons and anime and video games. And that stuff's great. That stuff is fun. Every time I get a chance to do that stuff, I have a blast. But then there's also parts of the industry that I will be, to be blunt, pay the bills and pay more consistently. And in some cases pay better. That's commercials, promo, e-learning, um, audiobooks, narration. Like it's not just cartoons and dubbing a foreign uh, IP or doing a video game, both indie or triple a. Uh, if, if something needs a voice, there's a job for it. That's why whenever I see people like getting frustrated with like their dry spots and it happens, we're human. I empathize with people that, that get very uh, frustrated, but it's like, Hey, look, literally every minute, every time 60 seconds go on that clock, someone is writing copy for a commercial, a promo, something for radio, something for TV, something for Spotify, something for Audible, something that's like 30 seconds, something that's 60 seconds. Scripts are being written every day, every minute, and they're going to need someone to bring that script to life. So work is being made. Dry spots happen. We're human. I My heart bleeds for you. I've been there. I've shared that frustration, but Sometimes it's good to remind ourselves today's just not the day more stuff's on the way. Yeah, because, and I've said this many, many times before, but like voiceover isn't just cartoons, anime and, and what have you. It's promo, it's trailers, it's narration. Mm -hmm. It's all these other things that people just tend to overlook the, the stuff that pays the most is the thing that people overlook. And that kind of just like blows like, it just makes me go, what what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, it, this is like the stuff that pays the most. This is like what, what people make a living off of. This is what people want. Like, you know, sure, mm -hmm. it's cool to be on like a Disney show. But at the end of the day, like those Disney shows ain't going to pay the fucking bills. Like it's, it's, you know. Yeah, especially if the show's over. Um, cause there are, especially when it's an animation show and your likeness isn't being used on the show cause it's just your voice. Um, and there are impressionists that can eventually do an impression of your voice, especially for toys. Like you mentioned Disney or like, you know, or something from Hasbro, my little pony transformers, you get like one of those electronic toys, like someone, uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Andrew did, uh, voices for a line of Spider-Man toys, you know, because, like, it's one thing when you're on a live-action production and your likeness is there and they have to pay you every time your face is on a box or uh, a card or something. But when a sh when an animated show is over, it's over. Like, that's the end of the project. You got to find the next one. But with commercials specifically, and this was taught to me by um, my mentor who regrettably passed away back in January uh my my good friend Brad Venable told me about how commercial VO typically works because that was a big thing that he does uh to pay the bills especially when he booked a gig for Brita the water filter company on an ad for the Super Bowl so like commercials typically are done in six to 12 month campaigns and every month that campaign is going on and that ad is running. You get a check in the mail. You only had to record maybe a couple times, like once for the main recording and maybe a pickup if they didn't like something after that, you're done and you still get paid every month that ad is running. That's the bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, I've had, um, 
Chris Fry's on on the show, and he's the voice of the the owl on America on the America's Finest uh, 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 commercial, and he gets paid like mm-hmm. a shitload of money every time that that comes on. So yeah, royalties, man. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that's the end goal. Like that's what pays the bills. That's like you know, as long as that commercial's on. You know, as long as he's he's doing promos for all these shows for CBS or Fox or whatever, he's he's gonna he's, you know he's gonna uh, keep uh, live uh, live comfortably because you know those royalties, man, they add up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've I've seen my I've seen my fair share without because you know it's not nice to talk about how your your coworkers get how much they get paid, but I've seen checks from commercial gigs. I'm just like. <sighs> Ooh, <laughs> just hand like bite your fist like I oh. <laughs> yeah, it it beats uh it beats that uh seventy five dollars for for anime <laughs> and and that seventy five you're mentioning that's for like studios over in L A. Um, because obviously and it makes sense because the cost of living in California is astronomically higher than let's say Dallas um where i'm at and obviously they would pay a little bit more because they have to basically pay a certain dividend that makes sense for the cost of living in the region um like so like there are some places that charge 35 an hour there are some that charge 50 an hour it varies based on on the company their budget what project they're doing the cost of living like it's a complicated thing but but you're right the point is you know doing ADR, doing anime, doing cartoons, doing video games, like it's fun, but it's, it's not a, that's just window dressing, you know, that's fluff because uh, especially for, if it's like a single entry, like let's say video games, if it's a single entry video game, when that game is done and there's no DLC, that's it. You're done. Your, your NPC, your character or whatever you are done unless that game gets a sequel or DLC and your character somehow comes back for i don't know more story or more quests if it's an rpg or something and and that's it but with commercials like you book that commercial you're gonna get money for like six to twelve months yeah (laughs) you know and i I don't understand like why like why people overlook that part of the business but you know teach their own i guess i I can't i think i have an answer for that or a hypothesis basically Whenever um, we think about voiceover and especially on how it's represented, a lot of it is either the the movie trailer guy or cartoons or uh, dubbing, you know, like especially the old Godzilla movies, which I was raised on when my <laughs> when I was little, like that's what a lot of people thought about voiceover. Um, but no one really gave much thought or credence to like the radio commercials, the voiceover for TV ads, movie ads. Um, because the way I see it, especially for the younger generation, I could be completely wrong. Um, to some people, it just seems boring, tedious. Because audiobook work is not easy. Especially if it's like a big like fantasy novel. I have friends who worked on the Warhammer books. Over in the UK, they do they do the Warhammer uh, audio dramas and stuff with like Brian Blessed and all them, and they've told me what they've had to go through, and it's hard work, and it can seem intimidating or lackluster or boring to someone, but 
you know, it pays a strong sum. And I think that's why a lot of people find the stuff that really is the foundation for your career. If you want to do VO full time, they just see it. It's not, there's, it's not glorified. It's not, it's not a lot of glitz and glamor unless it's like a parody or a spoof when it's like an SNL skit or something. And all they real the, the stuff they really put out in the foreground is the cartoons, the anime, the video games, uh, because it's it's what's popular. It's pop culture. You know, um, video the video game industry is now outpacing cinema in in uh, revenue. Like they they spend hundreds of millions of dollars and then making billions of dollars back on certain AAA uh, properties and. You know, it kind of, it, that's just how I feel when it comes to people overlooking the other parts of the industry. It's just the the stuff that's popular is put out to the front, but it's not necessarily the stuff that's going to constantly pay the bills. Unless you are booking, like, lead role stuff every month, like, every anime that comes out, you're, like, you're a lead role uh, player, you're, especially in L.A., you're not going to pay rent. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, it depends on the amount of work you get, really. Like you exactly, have to, you have to get like you have to be like Steve Bloom levels of popular to, to you know, make a living off doing cartoons and video games and shit. <laughs> oh yeah, like you're 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 one hundred percent right because it's one of those things where one thing that I I personally believe we really should be doing at least. Um, so I don't know if any of your previous guests have mentioned this to you, but there is a voiceover conference called VO Atlanta, where it is the entire, it, it is voiceover E3, where it is voiceover for every aspect of the industry. There are classes like where you can, you can take classes from some of the best of the best. I ha- I actually have taken classes and have read for Andrea Toyas, who's the casting director for Blizzard. You know, there are like there are people who have done big Super Bowl ads that are teaching you how to audition or interpret scripts or copy um, like, yeah, that is that is uh, something that I like to push more and more. But on another hand, especially for the anime cons, the pop culture cons, you know, whenever people do voiceover panels, um Typically, we just talk about the voiceover of that niche, you know, like voiceover in anime, how ADR dubbing works, how's this work, and that. It's like, that's great. It makes sense. It it goes a- along with the theme of the con you're at. But I think we should re- <clears throat> really make the time to teach more of the fundamentals in the beginning of these panels. Like, okay, like this is the – like you know about this industry, but we need to tell you a little bit more. It's not just this. There's A, B, C, and they pay D, E, F. Like, we need to make more time to show these the, the newer generation of talent that there's more to this than meets the eye. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And it kind of, it just make it just, like, okay, it's, I understand, like, you have to market I understand like your people are probably going to go to those um, workshops because they want to know how they want to get into cartoons, anime, what have you. And I understand that that's perfectly Mm -hmm. fine. I'm not against like teaching and teaching people the secrets of that. But at the same time, it's like, there's this whole like 
other side of the business that that's like financially stable that's like not being explored in detail and i'm kind of like you know this is like you know if you want if you realistically realistically if you mm-hmm. want to have a long uh, career in voiceover that pays if this is like if you want to do voiceover full time and, and and fuck all the other bullshit you need to be booking promos commercials and all that other stuff yeah like you you need to cast a wider net you can't like focus on specific you got to try and get everything the, um and the, it's hard because demos uh, and workshops are expensive it is an investment um i like i'm still lacking demos of certain categories but i've had the the privilege and luck uh based on word of mouth and recommendation i've done stuff outside of uh adr dubbing in video games i mean uh easiest example um during the height of the pandemic um when you know we couldn't have people come into the studio and they were you know funimation was still trying to work things out i got offered an e-learning gig for a school in austin and i still work with them to this day from time to time whenever they need whenever they come out with a new class or new course and they need voiceover they come straight to me and i set my rate and Literally, they kept my finances in the black when I got laid off, when I had no job during the pandemic, and I couldn't leave my house. That e-learning gig kept me in the black. So that is a firsthand example for me personally. It's like, it's more than just the stuff that pop culture shows you. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's like, that's a part of the business, but like, there's more to it. and. Mm -hmm. And I mean, look, I get it. Like, no one wants to sit here and listen to to people, to voice actors talk about financial stuff and 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 like you know supporting yourself financially and and what have you or the business side of of things because that's like boring or whatever. But you kind of need to know this stuff if you want. Yeah. If you want to do this full time, and fuck all the other bullshit, then you gotta need to know this stuff. Yeah, and if you thought taxes were bad on your nine to five job, try doing your taxes as a freelance voiceover talent. Oh my goodness, that sounds horrifying. <laughs> Where basically you have to keep track of everything. You have to write down what you're going to write off as a business expense from equipment purchases uh, and you go know, pre pandemic to how many miles you drive like in the year for your studio uh, gigs. Like you have to keep track of everything and and like jot all that stuff down. And most of the time, again, a little asterisk there, when you get paid, Uncle Sam doesn't take us 30%. You got to pay that 30% when you submit your taxes. That's why most of people who do VO do their taxes quarterly, not annually, like most of us do on the nine to five, because you have to be on top of that shit all the time. So <laughs> taxes, the hand thing means the taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, um, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard to like, I can't like, I, that's why like every time I, I look at someone who's like breaking into anime, I'm like, okay, they have to have done some other stuff because there's no way in hell they're, they're, they're living off of this by just doing anime. Cause it doesn't pay that much. Oh yeah. No, I know plenty of people who are like 
Uber or Lyft drivers or do Grubhub deliveries or do temp jobs or, you know, I mean, the reason that the the actor with a day job is such a real, like such a common trope is because it's real. You look at any actor in California that is either starting up or is like mid tier or whatever, they're doing other hustles to pay rent. Oh yeah, no, my bro- uh, my buddy Ben, uh, ben Pronsky used to do like um I think he was an Uber driver and mm-hmm. and and a bunch of other he worked a bunch of other jobs before before he, before the 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 um back when he was doing anime like that was what what he was doing he was doing like a bunch of side jobs that he just didn't like doing because he's like man, you know, if I want to do voiceover full time, I mean, it's great that I'm booking these anime roles, but they just don't pay that much. And I'm, I kind of need mm-hmm. these like side jobs to to keep going. And it wasn't until like years later did he finally like, you know, get us, you know, come to, to a point where in his career where he's like, OK, I can do this full time now. I can quit these awful jobs because I don't want to do them anymore. Mm hmm. And yeah, and that could, and it, depending on your luck, how well you network and your skill, that could take, you know, uh, it, that could take years for some people. Um, I'm still, I'm still not quite at a point where I can comfortably go full time. And I've been doing this for almost a decade. Like, but then again, everyone's situation is different. Uh, some people are caught in a financial catch 22. Uh, or some people have uh, family obligations or something like, again, using my, you putting myself uh, as an example here, I take care of my elderly parents uh, because I'm the last uh, child that hasn't moved out. And my parents uh, put up with my bullshit to the point where they help. They let me turn my office into a recording studio. And it's tough because uh, my parents are in their mid seventies and I got to look after them and, and see how they're doing. And uh, but don't let stuff like that discourage you because everyone's story is different. Um, the best way I can put it is like I'm, I gave the mountain metaphor for our industry. Um, basically, all you have to do is climb. It doesn't matter how you get to the top or how fast you get to the top. You just got to get there. You just got to keep climbing. If you got to take a break for a second, fine. Take a break, catch your breath, recuperate. Then get back on that mountain and keep climbing. You know, don't look at the person with the jetpack or the helicopter or the professional mountain climbing gear. If you're the poor SOB that has to climb that mountain barehanded, you know, as long as you keep climbing, you're going to get there. Like I said earlier, projects are being made every day and like someone's time to shine will come. Yeah, I mean, especially now when it's when the industry is like bigger than it was where there's like a lot more people Mm -hmm. breaking into the industry than there was like what 10 years ago like 10 years ago you 10 15 years yeah yeah. yeah. (laughs) it it was mostly um musicians and theater groups that kind of got together like i mean that's how a good chunk again um when i started a good chunk of the people that worked at funimation were musicians or or people who worked in in the local theater who are very prominent theater actors um but, you know, then they got into this and they started branching out and and yeah, like the industry has exploded, especially with video games. Video games, I think, was the big was the big bang that really expanded this industry, because not only 
is their voiceover now. But we're now getting to the point where motion capture is starting to be a big thing, especially with the recent Resident Evil 8 game, where not only do they get the talent to do the voice, but they put them in a suit and put dots all over them, and they put them in a big blue room, and they literally have them act out the cutscenes. And and sometimes not even like cutscenes. Like sometimes they'll 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 get you on they'll get you in the mocap suits to do like a commercial. So yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I know people uh, who've been on the show who's, who are like, yeah, we we did mocap for like a commercial for for like a video game we were on. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, it's not just you know you're not just doing mocap for for the cutscenes. You're also doing it for the commercials as well, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Oh yeah. It's just it's just so amazing that you have this entire entire facet of of voiceover and people just focus on one thing and it just makes me sad really. Yeah, but I think eventually uh I my the optimism in me um I think people are eventually going to learn um but the way I I I'm seeing it is unfortunately Sup, like you know when you're a kid and you want to and you learn about life by making a mistake getting hurt you know you know you know the classic don't touch that that's hot kid doesn't listen kid touches it gets burned and then the kid learns immediately there's going to be moments like that a lot of people are going to do something that's going to metaphorically burn them and then they're going to learn from that um whether and then people are going to watch that and learn from that person's mistakes and that sounds kind of mean and a little shot in freudy but it's like that's just what i'm observing right now and i think eventually people are going to learn that hey it's not just what pop culture put in front of us and we also need to act like adults and be professional and not you know act like kids because I mean, it's a job. It's it's it. You got to be professional about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can't just like badmouth your colleagues on 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 Twitter and then expect like to get to get hired <laughs> the next day. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because like again, I get it, especially when it comes to actors. We're a very emotionally sporadic bunch. A lot of us are vulnerable and sensitive because you know you know when in acting classes we bear our soul to the audience, and it's true. And we are, you know, we we got to build that thick shell. Like, I'm a firm believer of healthy venting, as long as you're not being like, unless you don't, like, use it as a crutch. Um, because I don't like uh, bottling up frustrations and, and anger. It's one of those things where the best example I can come up with is, like, let's say you're at a 9 to 5 and you're having issues with a coworker. What do you normally do when you're at a 9 to 5 and your coworker is being a piece of shit? You go to HR. That's that. Like, there are healthy ways to deal with your frustration. Um, making it public on Twitter is the last thing you want to do. Yeah, that's that's why. Like, I roll my eyes every time. Like, someone, you know, <laughs> every time, like, an quote unquote aspiring voice actor is taking cheap shots at companies on Twitter. I'm like, you know, they're gonna see that shit, right? You know that, right? Like they're yeah. gonna they're gonna find you talking shit about them on Twitter, like, and, and they're gonna be like, "Well, we're not gonna hire this person because they're you know talking shit." Because companies will will search your name on 
on on Google. Yeah. Especially if you're like a, if you have a website or a social media presence, they're going to look at that. And I was told many many years ago that you know you should be careful what you post online because it's going to come back to haunt you. And you know that's why I'm like. Whenever I say something really, really terrible or, or like <laughs> something I really regret, I delete that shit immediately, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, it goes back to how I handle my Twitter. I usually will either shit post, retweet something, post a meme or like a casting announcement. Or if I'm going to say something, nine times out of ten, it's going to be in video format so people get the full context. That way, if people try to take my words and bend it against me, it's like, no, 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 fucker. That shit's on video. You watch that right now. <laughs> you know? I, I, I get, and I kind of wish more people did that. Like, honestly, I wish more, like, just, like, take the time off to, to, to just, like, you know, just put out a state, a visual statement, not this bullshit PR words, 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 words that mean nothing. Just, you know, fucking put out an actual statement. Don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I really hate it when people, when people just post like long, long, um, long statements that say nothing. And are vague as possible, especially when they get caught saying something stupid, and they and and they're mm -hmm. in trouble with their employer, and they're like, "Well, I could apologize, but you know, I'm just going to put out a bullshit statement because that that'll fix everything, right?" No, or double down and make it worse, but <laughs> but yeah, no, um, like kind of bringing Brad up again. Brad taught me a lot about specifically the etiquette and um really pushing the putting your professionalism up front because people talk that's the thing people always seem to forget especially because we're so ingrained with social media ba like bad news travels fast people talk and people will say things about you like i and like not to like i'm not gonna say like names or anything but I, like I'm not even like let's say like there's something going on that I'm not even involved in I will just see it <clears throat> as crossfire like in my peripheral vision my digital peripheral vision I'll just see well so and so did this or that I'm like well this is why you gotta watch what you say on the internet <laughs> that's why I keep to myself not because like I'm a shut-in or a recluse it's because I don't want to say something stupid and you know destroy my career because someone either took it out of context or I didn't phrase something properly. Cause it's like, I, I'm one person. I don't have an HR person. I don't have a, a PR team or whatever. I'm not, you know, and I used, <clears throat> I used to work uh, for a YouTube channel and Jesus Christ. Um, like some of the, some of the stuff uh, and like the YouTube channel I worked with, I mostly worked for their building because they needed a, an office manager. And I used to work logistics for like Barnes and Noble for years. And yeah, like people look into what people are saying. They'll, they read up and check on what other, especially if it's like an actor, they just recently cast, they will, they will keep an eye on you for a while to, you know, to make sure 
not not only before they cast you because like they'll do their research before they cast you but then they'll also keep doing extra research after they cast you and god help you if you say something dumb after they cast you then it's like whoop you're out of here because people are watching you people are people are looking at what you're saying and like this like i don't i hate making it seem like this George Orwellian 1984 bullshit, but it's like, look, all you got to do is just be as professional as you can. It's okay. It's okay to like be a little personal, you know what I mean? But like a light touch. Cause like I I've said some personal things that honestly didn't need to be public, but I've added enough context to be like, look, the only reason I'm sharing some of this personal stuff is to let people know that like, if you're going through a similar thing, you're not alone. Like these you know, like when people idolize a lot of these, uh, a lot of my colleagues or like people I know, especially the L.A. Pantheon, as I like to call it, they're people. They have tr- uh, trials and tribulations. They have problems. They have personal things going on because they're people. So it's just one of those things where I like to share controlled personal stuff to let them know, hey, you know. I'm a human being as well. I go through my own things. And the reason I'm sharing this is to let you know you are not alone. And what you're feeling, depending on the situation, it can be valid. And there's ways you can uh, figure stuff out, reach out for help, seek a professional or or whatever, you know? But it's also kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to social media. Because sometimes if you're like too personal... Everyone's going to be like, oh, why are you bringing this up? Oh, how dare you bring this up? Let it go, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And and if and when you're being like professional and like putting out a statement because you have to because like someone, you know, you work with fucked up bad and you kind of you kind of need to like say, OK, I, I'm not affiliated with this person. You know, don't don't drag me with in with their bullshit in a professional way. People will be, will be accusing you of, oh, you're a backstabber. How dare you throw them under the bus and blah, blah, blah. Just fuck off. Just fuck off. Well, the thing is, um, what I've learned is you're never going to please everybody. Whatever you put out in the in the digital ether, you are never going to please everybody. Um. And which is why I use the phrase a, con- uh, a controlled post or a controlled personal sharing. Because, yeah, there are some things you just don't need to share. But then there are some subject matter. Um, like I've shared a couple things where I've talked about depression and stuff like that. I, I, had, I have a pretty grim, dark past with my mental health. And the reason I share it, especially around the time when it's like let's say, for example, Suicide Awareness Month or something. The reason I share it is because, like, hey, I, you know how people are like, oh, you're not alone, you're not alone, you're not alone. When I post, it's like, no, you legitimately are not alone. I'm sharing you. I'm sharing with you this little nugget that personally happened to me to prove to you that you are not alone and there are people who are willing to help you. Like, that's why now, especially for companies or, like, uh, smaller entities or bigger companies, they have entire departments for HRPR. There's now social media experts now. Like that is a job position you'll start to see in a lot of companies where you need a social media manager, where they know how the machine works, both in good and bad. So it's like, okay, if we post something like this at this time using these key phrases and these key hashtags will get more eyeballs and more traffic and et cetera. But then they also know, Hey, don't 
say stuff about this when this recently happened or don't bring this up. It's too personal. Like we're in a weird place right now. Um, as you said, it's a double-edged sword. Social media as a whole is a double-edged sword. Um, it is a great tool for marketing as a talent, but you've got to be so careful when you use that tool because you could easily shoot yourself in the foot with a mistake. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you because I've seen like so many like big, you know, big name actors who have been in the business for longer than I have been alive on this earth say something really stupid or like word something poorly and then having to to say wait wait a minute, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> Yeah, and again, it happens. It also doesn't have the Twitter limits, the the amount of characters you use in a single post, which is stupid in my opinion, but I'm not Jack Dorsey, so uh, yeah, it's a fickle thing right now, especially since um, over the last, what, five, eight years, we've really started to use the internet and social media more and more to promote ourselves, to promote our brand. That's why, you know, we got websites. Some of us got YouTube channels or Twitch channels. We got Twitters and Facebooks and Facebook pages and LinkedIn's. It's like, we're still learning how to use this stuff. And there's, you're going to hurt yourself eventually, which is why, you got to kind of take the time to learn what, learn the tools you're using to minimize because like, we're all going to make some kind of mistake at some point. I know at some point I'm going to fuck up and say something and I'm ready to be like, you know what? I, you know, I fucked up. That was wrong of me. And, uh, you know, I'll learn uh, next time rather than saying something vague or doubling down or some bullshit like that. But yeah, um, that's kind of just how I view a lot of this stuff is growing pains. You know, uh, everything we've talked about over the last, uh, what, 45 plus minutes we've been chatting. It's a lot of it, I feel, is just growing pains right now. And I think at some point we'll learn to adjust. It's just unfortunately the pandemic caused another thing for us to go through growing pains, which is a double-edged sword because now, you know, it's it's proving... Uh, these producers and production companies that, Hey, talent, you can get talent anywhere. It doesn't have to be just LA or Dallas or New York. Um, you can get talent. If you, let's say you're doing something that is uh, authentically in the UK and you need authentic UK talent. Like you need someone with a Norwich accent or, a, or, a, a something from West Ireland. You need a specific dialect. You can get a talent from there. You just have to put up with time zones and work remotely. Um, but you know, that's a double-edged sword with the pandemic. But yeah, long story short, I think it's all just growing pains and we just need to learn from it. And, and uh, another thing that that I've noticed is like a lot of voice actors, especially during the pandemic, had to learn how to adapt to to recording from home, to setting up home studios, to finding other ventures to, to, to you know, keep the money coming in because like sometimes it's like well you know we can't do you know face-to-face conventions let's do virtual cons or let's you know do instagram signings or whatever and i'm like okay that's great because you're adapting to to the situation and yep and and you kind of they had to do that otherwise they would have like lost out on so much money (laughs) yeah i know some people who 
started, uh, like, let's say on the website, they will actually do a store, I say in air quotes, where the you know how at cons they have prints that they just a big stack of prints that they got and then they'll sign and sell it whatever now they sell them online on their website you know um in batches it's like okay i got a limited quantity of this i'll sign it i'll mail it to you it'll cost this much plus this with shipping like you're right they're adapting and that, honestly that's just that's just the laws of nature at this point you know just under a new wrapper adapt or die you know, and by die, I mean, be financially ruined. Yeah, <laughs> it still feel it still feels weird to me, like thinking back like two, two years ago when like half like never in my entire life did I think that, um, you know, two years ago, I'd be seeing people who work in the who are like big name voice actors doing like twitch streams i'm like i, I, I thought like that's let's let that's weird like that's something i i never thought would would be some would be a possibility but um, mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold here we are two years later and it's kind of like the norm now now it's like twitch is like you know twitch is the norm and i'm like okay yeah cool. <laughs> and some of them make bank some of my colleagues make gangbusters on their twitch streams and i'm like hey you're adapting. Good for you. Like, awesome. Two thumbs up. Because it's like, you got to adapt. I mean, um, it's complicated for some people, especially like, uh, easy, easiest example. I know uh, some friends who are in the wrestling industry, especially, uh, let's say, for example, WWE talent. Like, the WWE like really makes it difficult for their talent to venture out and make other side forms of revenue and income because of that's just how they are. But with VO talent, um, it's, um, it's a new thing. They're, they're learning a lot of stuff and a lot of these, uh, uh, talent and directors are learning a new set of skills, like managing a Twitch broadcast, learning about bit rate and internet connectivity and, you know, uh, one thing, uh, especially a lot of talent, the the big thing they learned during this pandemic was they had to learn how to engineer themselves for the first time. And that was shit I've been doing for a while when I had to do in, indie auditions, you know, so I had to learn how to engineer myself when I booked independent stuff well before I got into Funimation. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, not easy, is it? <laughs> no, I, I, I had a buddy who, um, you know, who used to have an ADR background you know, before, before he became like full, full on voiceover. So he's like, yeah, I know how to do like audio engineering from home. And I had to walk, walk so many people through basic shit. It's kind of amazing how, like, it's just kind of amazing how like some people are just like, so technologically inept that it's kind of like, Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just which is why I go out of my way to thank every audio engineer I see back when studio sessions were a thing, um, because it's their job to make us sound good, and their job is far from easy. No, they they are the real unsung heroes of this entire thing. Like you know, because without them, all the shows you've been watching that were recorded via you know Zoom or whatever Source Connect would sound like shit would sound like absolute mm-hmm. shit because they're they're the ones that have to make that sound good to to make it sound because there's a difference between 
raw audio and audio that's been like edited down to sound like a person person's voice and that's what yep. audio engineers do yeah exactly um like especially when it came to um during this pandemic and when i was doing the e-learning stuff um like i knew the basics and the fundamentals but then i migrated to uh, adobe audition i used to do audacity and then when i got to adobe audition i had to completely reteach myself a whole new set of skills because it's the adobe interface and it's also adobe so it's not reliable all the time and they charge out the ass for their services so you know i i get that um that's why you know most uh, studios, the the industry standard is Pro Tools on a Macintosh, but some of us can't afford a Macintosh and some of us can't afford Pro Tools. So, you know, you learn, you live and adapt and learn what you can. Oh, no, no, I'm totally with you. I had to like recently switch over to, to audition myself because I'm like, you know, Audacity's fine, but like it's not good for the stuff I want to do when it comes to editing these episodes. I want to get these episodes out faster and i hate like i just hate spending hours upon hours editing down like a 45 minute episode i'm like i just i just need this done faster (laughs) yeah oh man technology yeah i know (laughs) isn't it great isn't it wonderful how it's it's it, it can bring us together but also it's a massive pain in the ass and sometimes you just wonder like I, I like a lot of times I re-listen to old episodes. I'm like, you know what? This might not sound great, but fuck it, it's good enough. It's good enough. Pros and cons. Because <laughs> because that's another thing. Like um, I saw like one of my friends on on Twitter. Um, like she's she's a voice actress, and um, you know a lot of she made a joke about like a lot of a lot of auditions. Like she she li- listens back to them now, and it's like, well, you know, they're good enough. That's good enough. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's good enough. Meh. It's 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 okay. <laughs> it is adequate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, good on you. Good on you for um, you know, uh, you know, especially like uh, cuz especially when it comes to I mean not not auditions, but like especially like when it comes to you know, putting your name out there, you you want to make everything sound, you know, especially when it comes to demos, because they have to sound really, really uh, professional. Like sometimes you're just like you, you listen to some old stuff and you're just like, oh, man, can't believe that um, I let something so simple slide. But, you know, sometimes it's it's good enough, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just rambling now <laughs> are people still oh it, it's fine <laughs> it's fine it, it like it happens i mean we kind of got off to a tangent mm-hmm. and uh it, like that's kind of the nature of it um no but i mean I, I like every episode i try to focus on something different when it comes to vo and i'm kind of glad i touched on you know promos and, and stuff on this episode because i'm like sometimes i'm like i i can't there's only so many times I can go through anime dubbing and, and cartoons and, and what have you before I, I even get bored of it. I'm like, I, I know how this stuff works, okay? I fucking right. know how this stuff works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and like we kept hammering home, it, pop culture made that the popular part of the industry. But it's nice to touch on the stuff that people tend to overlook because they either find it boring or they're oblivious to it. And, you know, it, it is what it is. 
No, I mean, I, I, I did an episode where I talked to someone who specializes in audiobooks. I'm like, you know what? This might not sound interesting to people, but I, but I, I, I it's, it's, it's an aspect that kind of needs to be covered because it's like, okay, if I'm going to cover every aspect of voiceover, I got to cover audiobook at some point. Oh, cool. There's someone who does audiobooks now. Let's get them on the show. Let's talk about audiobooks for a couple of minutes. And, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's not the most interesting thing, I know. But at the same time, it's like if you want more entertaining podcasts, there are like so many different options that you could be listening to. Because I honestly think that I am someone who is mediocre on my best day. So, but hey, you keep at it and you get better. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Looking, listening back to some old episodes, I'm like, oh good lord, how did I make it past episode one? This is awful. <laughs> well, the first episode is always the hardest episode. Uh, you first, know. first episode, first interview that went on for, I think the first interview I did went on for like two, two, two hours and 20 minutes. I'm like, good Lord, this is too long. <laughs> like, why did I let it go on for that long? No one needs to listen to an interview that's like two hours and 10 minutes. That's horrifying. But hey, you learned and you adapted and that's what's important. Yeah, I know. Adapt or die, friends. That's the if the, if, the, if there's like one big takeaway from this episode, I hope it's adapt or die because you know that's 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 the key to longevity in this business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of businesses, uh, especially in the entertainment business, you have to adapt to the ecos to the social and uh, literal ecosystems that are going on out there. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Um... Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's not much more to say on that. I mean, I think uh, I think I covered all I needed to cover about that. So, yeah. Um, well, if you want, I, I can get I can give your listeners something to take away from. It's a little system I came up with that uh, some people uh, like, and it's the four P's of voiceover. And it's simply put: patience, persistence, professional play you got to be patient you got to be persistent you got to be professional and you got to play and by play i mean have fucking fun for fuck's sake have fun you're being paid to pretend oh god yeah that's that's another thing that really 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 makes me laugh how people how like some i mean not not all voice actors but like how some voice actors like get real pissy about stuff and i'm like you get paid to make funny voices for a living, dude. It ain't that deep. <laughs> it's not right. that deep. <laughs> like, I'm I'm sorry that, um, you know, I know it sucks that you didn't get the role you wanted, but at the same time, it's like, you know, one door closes, another one opens. So, you know, yeah. while, while you may not have gotten that lead role in, like, that anime you wanted, you'll find something else that's, like, equally as popular or more popular. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Especially, especially in this day and age when, you know, there's like more demand for content because everyone's like either stuck at home or like slowly uh, going back to to work. Like everyone's like streaming stuff now. And like, oh, yeah, streaming is the future now because of course it is. And uh, you got to make sure that if you're going to go into record for a series that your performance lasts for years on to come because you're not recording for a DVD anymore you're recording for streaming and that's supposed to last for ever. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I think I've talked enough. 
I think I said all I, need, all I needed to say. So if you got anything else you want to add, then go ahead. Um, I pretty much kind of what I've been saying earlier is like, and what you just brought up, your time will come. Work's being made every minute of every day. You know, four Ps, persistent, patient, professional play. It takes time. So don't worry about it. All right. And, and with that, um, is there anywhere people can find you and bother you on social media? Um, you can find me on my Twitter at Live Studio Brian. That is also my Twitch handle at, where I stream a few times a week, typically like Monster Hunter or I do art streams or stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's uh, where you can find me. All right, thanks for taking the time out to do this. I know it wasn't easy because we had like technical difficulties, but we, 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 we but you know, we, we, we pulled through. So, yeah, thank you, thank you so much. And if you ever want to come back for whatever reason, you know where to find me. Of course, and thank you for having me. All right, take care. Bye bye. See ya.